All right, welcome back to Gospel Adorned. I'm Brianna. And I'm Gabriella. And today we are continuing our New Age series. We are going to be talking about yoga, meditation, mantras, and crystals, and just kind of what those are about in the New Age and why, as Christians, we should not be incorporating them into our daily lives. Yeah. So I wanted to talk about the yoga aspect because I've done a lot of research with it when my convictions changed um, after becoming saved by the grace of God, being a believer. And I was doing it still as a Christian um, until at a certain point where I was really convicted and started watching some videos and from ex-New Agers and people warning about the spirituality behind yoga. And it's really mind-blowing. So I'm going to reference in our show description different YouTube links and people that you can look up. So I just wanted to give credit where credit's due. For the, for the first one, it is um, an interview with Stephen Bankars, and he was speaking at Hope Community Church. Um, so that YouTube video, we will link that. And then he also had another episode It was called like a Barbie yoga video, just warning how people are trying to get children, very young children, to be doing yoga. There was another clip that I got from Doreen Virtue, and it was from her YouTube channel. So these are all good sources that I would recommend. Um, So what Stephen said in his interview in yoga is that the word itself, yoga, means yoke or union with Brahman, and this name is a universal, impersonal spirit named Brahman. Basically, it's this force in nature that they believe, and the goal in yoga is reaching this state of consciousness, elevating to this state where you are essentially God. Um, So, just alone that goal in mind, we know that we are not to be seeking that kind of thing, and that we are obviously not God. So I'll get into more scriptures that are contrary to yoga. But dangerous things like om and namaste, like just saying those things, and I'm just saying them as a way of introducing the concept and educating. I don't want to say them as a way of honoring or practicing these things because I don't agree with them. And even in yoga classes that I attended, when they would all say a namaste at the end, I didn't say it because I didn't know what it meant. Um, But from gotquestions.org, another site that I can link, there is a good quote that says, a Christian should not say or do anything that originates from a different religion without first examining its meaning and origin While to a Hindu, namaste can be used as casually as good morning, the word itself literally means I bow to you. And culturally, it has come to mean more more literally like I bow to the God in you. And then more fully, the, the quote explains the God in me bows to the God in you. So that right there is just... Yeah, and scary. I just want to you know, say 
people that are listening, if you practice yoga, you might be thinking like these ladies are crazy. <laughs> like they're just thinking way too much into this. But you have to take this stuff seriously. And do your homework. and Yeah, and really understand the root right. of yoga and the meaning. And Gab is going to talk about what goes into all of the posing and everything like that and what you're actually doing. Mm-hmm. And even just being in the presence of other people that are doing this, yeah. you're inviting that into your life. Right. And even though, you know, in your heart, you know that there are no other gods right. besides God still saying these things. Mm-hmm. and participating in the rituals and it's like condoning it basically. it's condoning it yeah it is condoning it and it's inviting it into your life and mm-hmm. you need to take it seriously because you know one of the commandments is you shall have no other gods before me exactly and while you may say you know i only believe in one god mm-hmm. and but then you go on and you do all of these things to participate in worshiping other gods mm-hmm. unknowingly. Right. So we're just saying these things to educate you and help you to understand like this is a serious topic. Yeah. And if you are participating in yoga or have been thinking about it, just educate yourself. And that's what we're here to do. Right. Yeah. We hope you reevaluate and examine yourself in light of what we're sharing in the scripture we want to share. So the saying namaste is incompatible, as we just said, with the Christian faith. Human beings are not gods. There is only one God, and he does not share his glory. Isaiah 42.8. You can look at that verse. And then bowing or showing any sort of respect to a false god is idolatry. Exodus 23. And I will show you that yoga is exactly that. It's showing um, a sort of respect or bowing to false gods. So OM is another thing if you like draw that out and try to hum as you say it. It is opening a portal, which we talked about in our first episode with the New Age introduction. So I encourage you to go back and listen to that where we talk about the dangers of just opening these doorways spiritually and not wanting, you know, that kind of influence in your life where we talked about that. So this vibration that you make with your mouth is to emulate the sound of the universe and pretty much the goal is to connect us to it, essentially. But it's like putting you in this hypnotistic, like trans-like state of consciousness and you're, again, opening a door, being more susceptible to demon possession if you're not saved or even demon oppression if you are saved. And we kind of went into that with the last episode, that you can't be possessed if you have the Holy Spirit indwelling in you, but you can still be emotionally disturbed by evil spirits if you are meddling in these areas. So that's our warning and caution to you. And that you cannot separate yoga from its spiritual roots. You cannot negate it. You cannot Christianize it. You can't put your own meaning into it because there is an origin, mm-hmm. like Brianna said. Um, the other thing is that people talk about, well, this is just stretching. I'm just stretching and using yoga as a way of helping my body. Well, there are so many ways that you can stretch, that you can exercise avoiding yoga. Yeah. And you have to be intentional with doing that in order to avoid these these dangers because the idolatry of it 
So idolatry is replacing God and worshiping creation rather than God, our creator. And these positions are meant to worship and honor the sun. If you think of sun salutations, if you've yeah. ever been in a yoga class, that's like, I don't know if they start with that or end with that. And then they honor the moon and these pagan deities. So there was many names mentioned in the videos that Stephen Bankars talked about. He went through different poses and the different gods that they are emulating, that they are um, trying to mimic the pictures and depictions of these gods. And you may have seen them perhaps in like statue form in a yoga studio or something. Yeah. And I just want to say, if you're just stretching, Mm -hmm. why does your pose need to be completely perfect? Yeah. Like your yoga instructor will come around and correct your pose. Like it's not just stretching. Right. It is being in this perfect pose. Yeah. And like you think about the warrior pose, your arms are stretched out completely flat. Mm Mm-hmm. It's not, it's not, it's not natural (laughs) stretching, touch your toes. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like do something else. Like there's other things. It doesn't have to be, when you think about stretching, it doesn't have to be a perfect pose. And that's why these poses in yoga have to be so perfect because they're worship poses. Right. Yeah. Even the, the Barbie video that I mentioned gets into the warrior pose and he talks about the history with that pose and how this, false false deity um removed the head of someone like else in the historic just ancient whatever storytelling that they have and after beheading the other person um goes to like put the head on a post or something and that's what you're mimicking with like i don't know warrior two when you're putting like both arms out together you're you're mimicking putting this uh, beheaded yeah head on a post so you're copying a a a murder scene from a polytheistic god and it's just eye-opening to even acknowledge that so again with as i was saying with idolatry i just had a verse in romans 1 22 to 23 claiming to be wise they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal god for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. And 1 Corinthians 10, 14 warns us, Therefore, my beloved, flee from idolatry. So flee. Emphasis on flee exactly. from it. Don't even don't even be around it. Don't even just try to resist it. Right. Flee from it. So run strong. away. Right. Do not even subject yourself to it. Mm-hmm. You know, you're like, you're walking through the park. You see someone doing like a whole yoga class. Walk away. Don't yeah. even sit there and, and watch and right. observe. Just walk away. Yeah. Mark and avoid. So Doreen Virtue in her video shares that I will link below that now she came from having um, a psychic background and she says that yoga opens you up to receiving psychic impressions. And this was like mind blowing to me because I have felt sometimes like we all have intuition at times, but intuition really means like this inner wisdom or knowledge. And you can either get that from God or from demons. So, you know, when you are partaking in this, as we're going to discuss, like table of demons, then 
that is the impressions and intuition yeah that could be you could be receiving um and I've had moments where I don't know something feels like something feels like deja vu where you just knew exactly what was going to happen or I had a dream about this and it, yeah. it just happened and yeah so I wonder where that comes from but yeah I definitely meddled in yoga for quite a bit um a couple of years before I was saved and a little bit after so Yo- Yogananda is an East- Eastern teacher who brought it over to the West, and it just blew up ever since. It is everywhere, in every town, every street corner there. <laughs> I mean, not every street corner, but it has just so infiltrated our, our society. Yeah. And public schools, as we mentioned in the last video, that they're having elementary as young as that to participate in yoga. So... Contrary to yoga, God is not an impersonal force, but he exists in three distinct persons whom you, you can know personally through his word revealed to us in scripture, Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and his word makes himself available to you to understand who he is, and he's not just this force of the universe like how comforting that we can know our god not fully and completely but still um such a blessing that he came and pursued us and in those who are in christ of course so again stephen bankar says holding these poses are imitating these polytheistic god gods and ephesians 1 5 tells us therefore be imitators of god as beloved children So you cannot imitate the God of the Bible while imitating this false God. For instance, in the dancer pose, there is, you know, you might stand on one foot and with your other foot, bend it backwards, reach your hand to try to grab your other foot. So that's the dancer pose. And it's after this false God named Shiva. So you can't pay tribute, pay tribute to Shiva. And as 1 Corinthians 6 20 says, glorify God in your body. That's what we're commanded to do. Glorify God in your body. So how can you do that when you're imitating a false deity? Right. So just things to think about and pray through. Um, And when we take part, Stephen said, this is a quote from him, Steve Bankars, when we take part in idolatrous practices, we are in sin, in relationship with the demonic and outside of God's protection. How scary. That is scary. Is that? I know. So 1 Corinthians 10, 20 to 21 is another one that just says, No, I imply that what pagans sacrifice they offer to demons and not to God. I do not want you to be participants with demons. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. You cannot partake of the table of the Lord and the table of demons. And I just think of like the argument like... Someone would make fun of the whole thing with yoga saying like, or I used to try to defend it when I was in it. And they would say, well, that's, that's Satan's playground. And I'm just like, what are you talking about? That sounds so bizarre to me. And maybe these verses are like, well, how are you relating this to yoga? But I hope that you're starting to see that, that demons are involved in this because if it's not of God, then it has to be from demons. (laughs) So yeah. there is just if you're worshiping other anything other than God, other than God, then Satan is a part of that. Satan is a part of that. Exactly. Anything that is apart so from God true. is sinful. 
And right. Satan is the master manipulator and right. will twist and turn and think that you can do holy yoga, mm-hmm. Christian yoga, yeah, whatever it is, and you just can't. And because yeah, everything in this world, I mean, we could talk about any topic. There is no neutral ground. It is either of God or it is of the devil. Yeah. And that's the point that we wanted to get across. Romans 6.13, do not present your members to sin as instruments for unrighteousness, but present yourself to God as those who have been brought from death to life and your members to God as instruments for righteousness. So that is our prayer for you. And Romans 12.1, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. And I didn't even include the verse that tells us that our body is like a holy temple, like a temple of the Holy Spirit. Um, and just how how powerful that is and yeah. how we have to steward our bodies well. So these verses can be applied in a number of ways, but it's clear that God values how we use our bodies and how they are to honor the Lord And yoga is a presentation of the body that definitely dishonors God. The Bible says that if you eat and drink communion in a dishonorable way, so I encourage you to go to 1 Corinthians 11, 27 to 29, to read that about communion. So if you do that in a dishonorable way, you are eating and drinking judgment upon yourself, the scripture says. So just think about that for a moment. I think I know I'm bringing us into like, okay, that's like communion, um, uh, Christian practice. So if he thinks that highly of the physical implications of a spiritual practice that is honoring to God and Christian, you know, if you're doing it in an honorable way, you're remembering the sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross, you are born again, you're in the household of God. If you're doing this as a believer, then you're doing it in an honorable way. Now, if you're doing this as an unbeliever, then you're drinking judgment upon yourself. So if he thinks of it that highly, how much more do you think that God thinks of his beloved children partaking in this pagan form of worship that portrays these false gods of Hinduism? Yeah. It is just... I can't imagine, you know, he's a jealous God. Yeah. And it will, you know. I think of it like spitting in God's face. Yeah. Like, eh, I can dabble in this and have, like, I can have my cake and eat it too. I can pray to you and I can worship you, but I can also worship these other things as well, even if, you know, I don't believe in them. Right. And no, you can't. Yeah. Um, Psalm 711 says, God is a righteous judge and a God who feels indignation every day. Yeah. And I mean, that's yoga is just the a tiny pebble in the sand of just how much we have turned from God. But it's still so important. And that's why we wanted to bring it to the table today. And I would just add that an alternative to yoga, what if you're like, this has really been helping me physically with my back pain, with this, with that, or keeping in shape, whatever. 
Um, Pilates is a wonderful alternative yeah. that a man named Joseph Pilates actually invented this to help people who are bedridden. So the whole premise, um, and if you've ever done Pilates, you pretty much stay within like a small space <laughs> and yeah. do little motions repetitively to build muscle and, you know, strength and there can be stretching involved and flexibility there. But yeah, there is a number of stretching routines that you can do. And there are a lot of people that you can look up. I would just caution you to make sure that these Pilates teachers aren't also incorporating yoga because a lot of them yeah. use the title of Pilates, but then they all of a sudden they're doing a sun salutation. You're like, hold on, <laughs> what class are we in? And um, yeah, but there are some who are perhaps from the new age, but they walked out of the new age and they are like non-yoga. Like they'll say in their description, like X new age, like no yoga Pilates class. Yeah. <laughs> so looking for those things, that would just be a suggestion. But we pray that that, you know, made you think a little bit about the importance of, of yoga. Now getting into meditation, meditation kind of goes alongside of yoga. Cause I feel like, uh, it, I don't know. I've never done yoga, so I'm probably wrong. Um, but when you do that, like, um, like you said, that's mm -hmm. kind of like meditating and clearing your mind and, um, going into like this meditative state. And so I just kind of want to talk about like, what is meditation? Mm -hmm. And because we do hear it in the church and it's meditate on God's word. Uh, those are two completely different things. The new age spiritual meditation versus Christian meditation and God's word. And I don't want people to get that confused. And I'm going to talk about the differences between those two. So starting off, just going into like, what is mm -hmm. this new age meditation? Like Eastern meditation. Yeah. Like Eastern meditation Specifically. is what I'm going to refer to it as. Right. Uh, so a spiritual meditation is a meditation practice that you partake in with the desire to connect with a higher power. So the universe, God, lowercase g, yeah, quote unquote. <laughs> your highest self, etc. And that is a quote from uh, this a, me a meditation coach. So someone who, mm -hmm. you know, practices this, this is what they believe. Mm -hmm. And so Eastern meditation, it empties the mind. And emptying our mind is very dangerous. Mm -hmm. And Gab, you mentioned that with yoga, right. how it, it just opens it up mm -hmm. to give the enemy room to fill it with deception. And I mean, we right. are told not to have, uh, to be sober minded in the right, Bible, right. but those are two completely different things. That's yeah. not completely emptying your mind. Right. That's being clear-headed so you can focus on the word of god yeah and or you can told to be on alert as well yeah and mentally. be on alert mm -hmm. at all times right so not completely emptying your mind and entering this state of uh vulnerability vulnerability mm -hmm. yeah susceptibility uh so meditation also focuses on yourself so centering yourself mm -hmm. your inner self self-actualization, your breathing, your physical feelings, your emotions. Yeah. And 
anything focusing on yourself is not focusing on Christ. Right. And the enemy tries so hard to get us to do anything Mm -hmm. other than focusing on Christ. And that's what this meditation is. Mm -hmm. Uh, It also seeks to relieve stress. And we know that stress is only a symptom of a deeper problem Mm -hmm. of pride or worry, fear, anxiety, perfectionism. Mm -hmm. Um, And all of these things have a root in pride and they all result in stress. And this is sinful. And like the pride and the fear could be sinful. I mean, a lot of us, I struggle with stress a lot and it could just be, yeah, the little things that get to you. But the, the only way to get rid of that right. is not to sit here and clear your head and meditate. It's to focus on God mm-hmm. and focus on God's word and walk in faith that can bring you peace. Mm-hmm. Only God can bring us peace. Right. No matter what the circumstances, there could be chaos around you, but just focusing on God, mm-hmm. not sitting there clearing your head of everything and focusing on yourself and how you feel. Mm-hmm. Because we know our feelings deceive us. Exactly. But as walking with God will will help you get rid of that stress. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we're all stressed sometimes. <laughs> uh, but yeah. And then. But yeah, there, like you said, there are so many other ways to yeah. address stress and to biblically handle it. Just like there are so many ways to address back pain instead of yoga. Yeah. Like. There are so many ways, so don't pick this deceptive, spiritual, dark way Yeah, because it's so dangerous. Right. Um, And then meditation focuses on man being in control. So you being in control of your mind and how you feel. Mm -hmm. And it, it practices, Eastern meditation is teaching you to rely on yourself as the agent to bring peace and tranquility and oneness. Mm-hmm. And it, it teaches you that you can become like God. And we know that that's not the case. Right. And just like in the beginning when Eve ate the apple because she wanted to be like God, right. look at what he did and look at what that brought upon this earth. So sitting here and meditating and trying to become like God to control your feelings and control your life. Mm-hmm by yourself is just the same thing right you're trying to be like god and you cannot you need him right and it'll just leave you empty yeah mm-hmm. uh, and then meditation also manipulates circumstances to bring peace so by using the atmosphere the objects mm-hmm. silence like whether it's objects like crystals or whatever or this music music in or incense breathing techniques all of these other things yeah to put you in this meditative, translucent, mm-hmm. whatever state that you're in. Right. This trance. Yeah, mm-hmm. like a trance. Right. Um, and it's just manipulating of the circumstances and the atmosphere. That's what they say that you're doing. Yeah. To bring peace. Yeah. And like I said already, only God can bring you peace. Exactly. And that seems to be the whole goal of meditation. And again, we can do a whole study another time on (laughs) peace, but just a few verses that came to my mind when it comes 
to peace and being the peace, as you mentioned, that we can only receive when we're in right relationship with him through Jesus Christ is the world, unbelievers, and people who practice New Age things will never find true peace from these methods. Scripture says, there is no peace for the wicked. And that's from Isaiah 57, 21. And you might think to yourself, well, surely I'm not wicked, am I? <laughs> and I'm a decently good person, you might be thinking. Um, well, I would refer you back to our gospel sharing episode and how we are all separated from a holy God because of our sin nature. And so the only way, as we said, to obtain peace with God is by faith in Christ. And I just wanted to share Romans 5.1 says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And what a comfort that yeah. is. That we have we have peace. And we have access to peace with God because of Christ. And in the end, no matter how stressful our lives get and no matter how much suffering we may go through that the Lord may allow into our lives, in the end, we will be in heaven with the Father, with the Son, with the Holy Spirit. We will have peace. So we just have this hope, and we can just refer back to our eternal hope and just remind ourselves that that can bring peace and to not get caught up with the temporal, but to have eternal perspective. So yeah. as a, yeah alternative to meditation, just cling to Christ. Yeah. And so, like I said in the beginning, meditation on God's word is not the same as new age meditation. That's a good point to bring up. And people want to say, you know, will you meditate? Yeah, but my meditation is a lot different than your meditation. Or like the Bible brings up meditation. Yeah. They try to condone or allow for yeah, like, meditation. Like in Joshua 1.8, Joshua was commanded to meditate on God's law day and night in order to have godly success in his endeavors. And then David in Psalm 119 mm -hmm. speaks of his love for uh, subsequent meditation to on the law. Uh, mm -hmm. And there's just so many other times where meditation is mentioned in terms of meditating on God's word. God's word. So meditation in the Bible involves a pondering of God's word and a deep reflection mm -hmm. upon its truths. So how... Can we meditate on the Bible? Mm -hmm. Scripture memory. We talk yeah. about it all the time. Mm -hmm. Scripture memory. Being the word. Yeah. Putting just verses around your house even mm -hmm. to that you they're like, okay, you know what? I really like this verse mm -hmm. and I'm going to meditate on it. Write it down. Put it on your mirror. Yeah. Repeat it every single morning and just think about the character of God mm -hmm. and in that verse and, you know, how you can apply that to your life. And how that can bring you peace. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and just some people talk about the visual of the cow chewing the cud and ruminating on something over and over again. Now, you can do that in a negative way, or you can do that biblically and ruminate on God's word and repeat, repeat, repeat in your mind the truths of God and um, scripture memory, which is just such a passion of mine that has really helped me in my walk with the Lord and helped me in times of 
stress and times of anxiety and times of trouble, these verses come to mind because they're tucked away in the back of my heart and mind. And, and so that's such a blessing that the Holy Spirit can draw those verses to mind. Now we just want to get into uh, briefly mantras or manifestation. We talked a little bit about manifestation uh, and how the church has brought that into their teachings right. on the last episode. So we're not really going to touch on that, but it kind of is the same idea mm-hmm. as mantras. Like creating your reality this yeah. way. <laughs> and I I actually, I'm in, and I think I just left the group recently. Oh. It was a, like a photographer group. Mm. And these women are huge on mantras. Oh no, really? Yeah. And they're big and like, mm-hmm. you know, like mantras, like, uh, like they would just put their mantras in there like, I'm going to book this many clients. I am wonderful. I am great. I am all of these things. And it's like to get the money for the photography. Interesting. Yeah. And I was just going to, in terms of the birth world and pregnancy and everything, you have to be careful because there's so many mantras that they'll recommend that you say to yourself. And I mean, some of it can be things that are true and good and they can be reminders, but if you call them like a mantra, it just changes its meaning, I feel like. Yeah. Because you'll get into the root of it all. But I mean, again, I think it's okay to remind yourself like God created me to birth this baby, you know. But it's just a matter of like, what are you trying to, what is your goal with saying right. with saying this? Are you saying, I'm going to have the perfect birth to, to say that you're going to manifest a perfect, right. you know, because. You yeah. can't speak anything into existence. Exactly. Only God can. And so the word mantra, it's used to describe any thoughts or utterances, songs, or just sequences of words or sounds that are supposed to have this spiritual efficacy mm-hmm. or magical power to like make things happen. So a mantra is defined as a tool of the mind that has a spiritual effect on a person's will or emotional state of being. And this can be a sacred prayer or a chant or a spell Mm. or a supernatural weapon. And they're not specific to any like one system of thought or religion. Now, obviously in Christianity, we don't have those. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's this utterance or thought that is believed powerful enough to affect either the inward state of a person's soul or the world at large can be called a mantra. Mm -hmm. So now prayers that we, like when we're talking about, you know, these sacred prayers, it's not prayers to God, to the Christian God. It's prayers to other gods. Right, right. Uh, Our prayers are not mantras. Right. And mantras are not prayers. And mantras (laughs) are not prayers. That's good. Uh, yeah, so the literal Chinese translation of the word mantra mm-hmm. is true words. Interesting. So the idea that truth has power and we know what is the truth. God's word. God's word God is, truth. is the truth. <laughs> God is the truth. Yes. Amen. And it's turning, you know, your words into the truth. Uh, and when you speak something true, it is thought to help bring that truth into existence in a practical way. 
uh, and many self-help books and gurus, they, you know, suggest you to repeat mantras like, I am full. I will I conquer am, this I day. I will conquer this day. I am loved. I am full. I will, like right. just repeating that right. over and over again. Oh my goodness. Instead I, of going to God and praying. Exactly. I just thought of like this video where these parents have their like children stand in front of a mirror and the parent is like recording them and they say all these mantras. Like they say, Oh my goodness. I am beautiful. I am this. I am that. I'm loved. And it's like, okay, I don't want to demonize like yeah. saying that, but like they, it goes beyond that. Like I am accepted and I am, I don't know. Again, there's like this positive affirmation stuff and then there's like mantras. So there could be a gray area, but yeah, to me, it just came off like, okay, but you're focusing on you. Even if you are saying I am beautiful, I am this, I am that. Okay. Let's talk about loving others, loving God. Yeah, or even saying like... <laughs> God made you, God made you the way that you are. You are beautiful because God made you in his image. Yeah. Like saying things like that. Covering it with scripture, like you said. Yeah. Yeah, And not just focusing on puffing yourself yourself up. up. That's what it seemed like. Okay. So what was the point of this child doing that? Oh, to, to puff them up before school so that they could feel better than thou when they get there, you know, you can't do anything on your own. Yeah. You have to do everything with God. Yeah. So going into your day, I am strong. I am. Yeah. Instead of relying on yourself, acknowledging God who you need to rely on and depend on. Right. And another like a problem with mantras is that the effect of it is only as good as the idea that they express. Mm-hmm. So repetition does not equate to truth telling and repeating right. a lie often. You, if you if you can do it enough. Mm-hmm. then you begin to accept it as true. Mm-hmm. But the, the 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 Bible does not support the idea that by finding the right combination of words mm-hmm. or musical tones or whatever it is, a person can create spiritual peace. That's not, the Bible doesn't support this. Peace comes through faith and prayer. And you can see that in Philippians 4, 6 through 7, Also, Jesus strongly warned us against mantra-like chanting. Mm. When you're praying, do not use meaningless repetition as the Gentiles do. Mm. In Matthew 6, 7, Christians are advised to dwell on good, noble, beautiful things. And that's in Philippians 4, 8. And the source of those things is God. The mind Mm -hmm. that is fixed on God's spirit is a mind at peace. Mm -hmm. Refer to Romans 8, 6 and Isaiah 26, 3. So you you can't speak anything into existence. And we talked about how that is in the church and mantras are creeping into the church. Mm -hmm. Uh, So with the prosperity gospel and other forms. So don't give power Mm -hmm. to your words that only God can have. Don't be careful not to puff yourself up and always remember. Yeah, you're strong. Yeah, you're beautiful, but only because of God. Yeah. None of that is because of what you've done yourself. Mm-hmm. It's because of what God has done in you. Exactly. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Um, so then speaking of, you know, giving things power mm-hmm. that is not God. Okay. So next is crystals. And just briefly, we wanted to talk about this. Um, now, crystals are something created by God. They are beautiful mineral structures, but people have used them in the New Age practices. 
for things like healing a pseudoscience that purports to heal various ailments. And according to these crystal healers, um, carefully placing the crystal on a patient's body is supposed to line up with or stimulate the body's chakra and promote healing. Um, We didn't even get into chakras, but I feel like it relates back to yoga, actually. It's like, I can't even explain it. <laughs> like, I, I didn't do the research on it, but I just picture the person sitting cross-legged up their spine is different colors. Yeah. And, you know, the goal of yoga and these different practices are to illuminate these energies that they call chakras um, going up the spine and they always kind say, like, make like sure your chakras are aligned. Are aligned, yeah. And there's different ways that you have to keep them aligned. And I just can't keep up with what they say now. But, um, and also, one of the goals of enlightenment or the Kundalini effect is when this, like, serpent like creature, like, uh, unravels up your spine and illuminates your third eye. And Again, it's beyond my knowledge, but this um, level of consciousness that reaches godliness or in, in as they purport. Yeah. So, again, these things are not of God and chakras and healing. Um, yeah. Healing can only come from God if it's this, you know, supernatural healing and um, we shouldn't be seeking those things that we shouldn't be expecting those things because the Lord showed revealed himself um, in miraculous ways when the he was when Jesus was on earth and with the disciples. But it's just he doesn't do those things as much now through people, in my opinion. Yeah. It's not a common place. I think we could still definitely pray for healing. And I just wanted to touch upon that because we're talking about the topic of healing. And I think it's definitely good and right to pray for healing. God can still heal. He could still do miracles. Yeah. Of course, he's God. He's the same God as the Old Testament God and the New Testament God. He's the same forever. But yeah, it's just wanting to manifest these things that gets into a dangerous place because, again, you were trying to be like God Right. perform your own your own healing through your hands um saying that you're being the hands of jesus but yeah that's just where it gets into the church but um anyway some people also believe that crystals have an inherent power that can be harnessed and used to their benefit so again this like power and uh, desire to be like god and yeah um i don't know if it could be used in in witchcraft and things like that, but it seems like they all kind of go together. Um, Some people use crystals to ward off evil spirits or quote-unquote bad energy that brings brings, um, bad luck. And they want to give themselves good luck. And again, as Christians, we don't believe in luck and things like that. You'll see people like wearing crystals around their neck and it's like this is supposed to ward off evil spirits. Interesting. They'll carry them in their pocket or right whatever it is i actually went into a store and lit it and they had all these crystals and it was it was like things made out of crystals okay and they were all like beautiful like like animals or something i I bought my sister like this when it was like a uh, an ornament right a christmas ornament and it was a dragonfly just made out of crystals yeah 
and or did it have a meaning no okay good it didn't it didn't it wasn't it didn't seem like one of those stores it was yeah. pretty much just beautiful things with crystals and yeah yeah from an artist yeah and put them together when i bought it they were like you get to like pick a crystal or whatever and like a free one and take it home with you and oh i was like oh and i was like i just didn't want it because i was like i don't yeah. i don't want even if like uh-huh. maybe it did have a meaning behind it i'm like i don't need a crystal yeah yeah and so uh my sister-in-law took it i was like you can have it if you want it i don't want it and she asked like oh what does it mean like what does it do and oh wow yeah did they say anything to her uh i i think so i think she was like i don't know i think it has like some sort of calming i think she just made it up (laughs) honestly i'm like i don't know i don't think people like really i don't think it was that kind of a store but crystals are beautiful yeah like in Um, and of itself these items are not to be you know victim demonized or whatever but like it just depends on how you use them or what you believe about them or what meaning you're putting behind them and sometimes people use them in feng shui in this belief that they emanate good vibrations and things like that again with like energy it goes along with that feng shui is also like we're like setting up your room a certain way to give off like a good energy and Uh things like that i mean i believe not believe but i think that like you know if your room is set up in a good organized way i mean it's more efficient yeah <laughs> like if but my, you're thinking practically you're but not, I, yeah i'm but thinking practically i'm not like thinking religious background in it you need to put this, this to the east. facing the east no so that what. you can have uh-huh. the the good energy from the sun or yeah. i don't know whatever feng shui sure. stuff people believe and if you're into feng shui uh-huh. um and like items can't give you good energy and peace like you'll never find Mm -hmm. peace in setting up your room a certain way and to me it It sounds ridiculous yeah like you have to do this you have to do that it sounds like a set of rules yeah so if you are doing this and you're still not finding peace it's because yeah that's not going to give you peace or good energy right and they also say that crystals absorb too much um Crystals that absorb too much bad energy in the process of protecting a home, they have to be in and of itself cleansed to reset their vibrations. I'm not sure how I don't know all that works, but we got this from gotquestions.org. Yes. And we'll re- reference gotquestions.org. Um, you can type in any category. What is crystals or what are they used for or what is mantras? And uh, yeah, this yeah, is where they, we got this information, but. They have a really good. I mean, I found it so far to be very sound. Yes, and yeah, me too. Very a very good resource for any questions that you have based on a Christian worldview. Yes, based well. on a Christian worldview. Yeah. So the Bible warns strongly against engaging in anything related to superstition or the occult, and everything that we mentioned here relates to those things. And God declares the practice of the occult detestable. Um, I read the verse Deuteronomy 18, 10 through 12, I believe in the last episode that we had and, um, witchcraft is named among them with idolatry as ungodly behavior, Galatians 5, 19 through 21. And the use of crystals as charms, amulets, or talesmen is a type of occult practice 
And it might seem benign, but again, like I said, nothing is neutral. Yeah. It has an origin somewhere. And if it's not of God, then it's of the enemy. So anything that seeks to manipulate the spirit world can be categorized as witchcraft. Um, so that's dangerous. <laughs> yeah. Um, the superstition, the superstitious use of crystals is yet another example of how fallen mankind is, um, taking what God has created and twisting it for an ungodly purpose. So, again, Brianna mentioned crystals are just beautiful. They're a striking example of God's handiwork, and there is nothing wrong with using them for, like, home decor, wearing them as jewelry, like, if you have no meaning behind it. Um, but just remember that there's nothing magical about them. Um, and even if, just like we'll talk about with, like, psychics, like, even if these things are accurate or they are serving a purpose for, like, whatever you're seeking and they fulfill that, whatever it may be, like a temporary healing or, like, yeah. uh, good energy or a good, you know, peace that lasts but a moment, like, even if it does what it says it does, doesn't mean it's good and it doesn't mean it's from God. We are to test the spirits to see whether they're from God. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Did you want to mention anything yeah. else? Yeah. Um, using crystals uh, for protection or healing is at its root, like we said, an idolatrous pra practice. Mm -hmm. And this includes um, things like the evil eye. A lot of people will wear that because it wards off mm -hmm. bad spirits or bad whatever enemies or but whatever. But in my opinion, you, it would actually like invite those evil yeah, spirits. Yeah, it, it actually invites that in because you're, you're mm -hmm. something else is your idol. You're equating something to God and giving it power that it doesn't Yeah, you're have. giving it power that it doesn't have like incense and sage. You're burning incense. I don't know. I, th I think and sage and, like and sage to get rid of the evil spirits, burning sage and the bad home. energy and cleanse your home with the sage. That's not going to do anything. But entice. Pray over your home. Yeah. Pray over your home. Pray over mm -hmm. your family. That is going to do a lot more yeah. than any of this will ever do. And because this won't do anything yeah. <laughs> besides invite evil into your home. Uh, and. Just anything that depends on spiritual forces other than God for healing and protection is idolatry. So the worship of something other than God right. is idolatry. And that's what all of this is. Mm -hmm. It's all worshiping something else, whether you know it or not. Yeah. Now, if you've heard this, now you know. Right. So you can take this yeah, and do with it what you will, whether you want to keep practicing these things because you... Mm -hmm don't believe that it's going to have any effect on you, yeah. uh, then I just pray for you that you will eventually be able to discern and know mm -hmm. the will of God, the will of God. And that, you know, anything mm -hmm. that you're putting above God or equal to God it is sinful. Right. And that's not his will for us. Yeah, we encourage you, if you've been appreciating these episodes on the New Age series, that you can share it to others. If there's someone in mind that you know of who is in all these areas or aspects or even some of them um, unknowingly or yeah. they're very indoctrinated by it, like 
first off, pray for them, but also perhaps you can share this as a resource for them. Um, and the other names that we have mentioned or the other links, I mean, there's so many people that have spoken up about the new age and its dangers. I feel like we're just another voice, but we just yeah. felt so another voice in the conversation. But we just felt so strongly in this area because we ourselves were a part of it in some ways. And um, we just want to help others to get out of it and to flee from this. Yeah, And we have loved ones and right. people that we know that are a part of this and mm-hmm. sometimes you just don't do that research like we didn't do the research into it when we were doing it before but then yeah god gave us discernment to be able to mm-hmm. you know see okay this is not right like there's even things that i don't say anymore like how i said earlier i was like oh, i jinx myself but i know jinxing isn't real yeah or like oh knock on right. wood the superstitious stuff yeah, all I these mean, superstitious things <laughs> yeah like 11 11 make a wish wishes yeah. aren't real you can't make there's a wish meaning on behind numbers like number numerology <laughs> yeah people have like angel numbers and things like that like yeah we're gonna have some more in our uh final segment of the new age talking about astrology the enneagram psychics some on the tarot cards and witchcraft so uh, we hope you are enjoying this series and you stay tuned Again, this isn't to open you up to these areas or, or interest your curiosity in these areas. These are to this is to strictly educate you objectively, hopefully is our um, desire and to flee from these things. And yeah, if you wanna close us out in prayer. Yeah. <laughs> Dear Heavenly Father, I would thank you just for, for this podcast and for this opportunity to be able to reach these listeners and these women all across the globe and to thank you for giving us your word mm-hmm. and the sufficientness of it so that we can know what you have to say to us about, about who you are and what you've done for us and how we can apply this to our life. And we just ask that if, if there's anybody listening who has been involved or is involved mm-hmm. in any of these new age practices that you, uh, that you come into their life and give them the discernment mm-hmm. and, uh, the protection from, from these evil, mm-hmm. uh, spirits that may be trying to penetrate their lives. Mm-hmm. And for anybody who, uh, is not saved that you can just come into their hearts and that they will, they will seek you so that if they are practicing this, that they can have that protection and uh, that you can just continue to grow this podcast so that there are women out there who need to hear these things that haven't heard these things and that they can just become closer to you, Lord. And in Jesus name, amen.